For those of you that are staying, you can go ahead and turn with me to John chapter 6. That will be our text for this morning before we uh, come to observe the Lord's Supper together. John chapter 6. And we will look there together as we think about the Lord's Supper, as we think about uh, Jesus' death for us. We'll look at this text that will remind us that Jesus is truly uh, the bread of life, as he'll refer to himself here. And so it's always important. It's always important for us to understand the background of any text, especially I feel it's important for me to give you the background of a text whenever it's like this week, whenever it's a, uh, a sermon that we're doing just for this one week. We haven't been in John chapter 6. You don't know much of the background. And specifically here, whenever Jesus is going to talk about bread a lot. So he's going to talk to the people about actual bread. He's going to talk about manna. He's going to talk about bread that leads to eternal life. He's going to call himself the bread of life. And if you just stop for just a moment and think, it might seem like that's an odd analogy. Of all the things that Jesus could refer to himself as, bread kind of seems like an odd one. But the reason that he does it is because of the background of this text. What had happened on the day before the text we're looking at today is the account that many of us know where Jesus fed the 5,000, at least 5,000, right? They, they sit down and he only had, they find five loaves of bread and two fish. And, of course, he blesses it, and there's enough to feed over 5,000 people. And then they take up 12 baskets when they're done. And where we're going to pick up is on the very next day. So the very next day, the people that had been fed by this miracle, uh, that were full from it the day before, they're looking for Jesus, and that's what we're going to see. There are three things I want to see from this text before we come to the Lord's table. Uh, for those of you that are note-takers, the first one... Jesus calls them to seek more eternal and meaningful things. So that's the first thing that Jesus is going to call them. to Quit looking for just worldly things and to look and seek more eternal and meaningful things. Second thing we'll see is Jesus is going to tell them that eternal life cannot be earned. And then the last thing he will tell them, Jesus will tell them that he is the one and only way to receive eternal life. So he told these people, he told the crowd this here, I want us to hear this again. Many of you have been in church your whole life and have heard this over and over and over, but this morning I want you to be reminded how it is that any of us are able to come to the Father, how any of us have been forgiven of our sins, how any of us can rightly eat the Lord's Supper, and it's only because of Jesus. It's only because of who he is and what he's done for us. So look with me. John chapter 6, beginning in verse 26, as Jesus is addressing this crowd that's searching for him. Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you were seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not labor for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal." So Jesus here showing, once again, reminding us that he is truly God, right? He knows people's thoughts, he knows their intents, he knows their motives. And so it might seem like this is a good thing, right? Jesus feeds this crowd, and instead of just going home the next day, they're looking for him. And you say, oh, that's good. They're looking, they want Jesus. But Jesus here is very clear. They're not looking for him because they, they think he's the Messiah. They're not looking for him because they want so. They're looking for him because they're hungry. 
Right? They said, this guy fed us yesterday. Have any of you ever fed a stray dog? Kids, have any of your dads ever said, don't feed that dog because if you do, it won't leave? Right? That's, that's much what we see here. It's nothing about Jesus other than the fact that he fed these folks. And so they're, I'm not calling these people stray dogs. <laughs> Sanctity of Life Sunday. And Brother Zach refers to, that's not what I'm saying, but I'm saying they're just looking for Jesus because they're hungry. And so what's the first thing that Jesus does here? He points them to something more important than bread, something more valuable than having a full stomach. This is very similar, I see a very similar theme here to what we just saw for a whole month in Matthew chapter 6, right? That the things of this earth are not as valuable as the eternal things of God. They're not as valuable as God. So through Matthew 6, over and over and over, we saw Jesus telling us to look for more important things, for better things than what this world can offer. And Jesus, right here in verse 27, do not labor for the food that perishes, right? Bread that spoils, that goes bad. But he tells them, but for the food that endures to eternal life. Now, these people remind me of myself sometimes in that they're kind of slow to come around to what Jesus is talking about here. Jesus says, don't work for bread that spoils, but work for bread that endures forever. And so literally, the two things that are still on their mind after Jesus says this, the first one is bread. They're still thinking about bread. They're still thinking about being hungry. And now they're wanting to know how to earn this bread that will never spoil. That's what they want to know. The crowd here doesn't get it. They don't grasp it, and we'll see that in just a second as we look through this text. But Jesus isn't actually telling them to look for bread that has no expiration date. Right? That's, how, that's the way they understand this. Partially, it looks like that's how they understand this. But Jesus isn't saying, work for bread that will literally last into eternal life. But what Jesus is telling them is to look for food, look for something that will allow them to grasp and have eternal life. So point one, Jesus calls them to seek something more lasting and meaningful. They come looking for a meal, and he says, let me point you to something better than a meal. Let me give you something better than bread on its own. And so again, they want to know how to work for this special bread that Jesus is talking about, and so now we'll see the second thing, that Jesus is going to tell them that you can't work for the thing that he's talking about. Jesus is going to tell them that you cannot earn eternal life. That's important for us to hear and be reminded. Verse 28, after Jesus said that to them, then they said to him, what must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So this crowd shows up and they want bread. And Jesus says, look, quit wanting bread and look for Bread that will not spoil, that will last forever, that endures to eternal life, that God will give you. And so then they say, well, what kind of work do we have to do that God will give us that special bread? What kind of works do we need to be doing to be doing the works of God? And so here they, they're, they're missing the point again, right? They say, all right, if we're looking for something special that only God can give... What can we do to make God give it to us? How can we earn this special bread that you're talking about? And Jesus points them to the truth, the work of believing. 
Verse 29, Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. Now, I want to clear that up because it can sound very odd for us to say the work of believing. Because we don't talk about work, or we don't talk about believing in Jesus, having faith as a work, do we? And we say all the time, it's a gift of God. It's not work. It's not something that we earn. It's the opposite of legalism. Legalism is righteousness that we earn. What we understand salvation to be is a gift. Through the grace of God, we are saved. And so what does Jesus mean when he says the work of believing? I don't think he's talking about work at all. I think he's just using the same language that they've been using, right? Jesus said, don't work for bread that spoils. And they said, well, what sort of work do we need to do? And so Jesus says the work of believing. But he's not talking about working to earn your salvation. What he's saying, in essence, how we understand verse 29, is what God requires is that you believe, as he says here, in him whom he has sent. Who has God sent? Jesus. So what must you do to be saved? You must believe in Jesus. I don't want there to be any confusion about what we're saying here. We're not saying it's about work. This verse is clarified by other verses of Scripture. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, we can always use Scripture to interpret Scripture. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. And Romans chapter 3, verse 28, says, For we hold that one is justified or saved by faith apart from, from works of the law. Galatians 2.16 says, Yet we know that a person is justified, is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law no one will be justified. So the scriptures are clear Jesus is not saying here that some sort of work. What Jesus is saying is what God requires in order to get this special bread that I'm talking about is faith. Believing in the Son of God, believing in Jesus Christ. Point two, eternal life is, and in my notes it's all capital letters, only. Eternal life is only available through faith in Jesus Christ. We'll make sure that we're clear about that. That's what Jesus is telling these people. This is what's required to get this special bread. And, of course, they still, in some instances, seem to think that he's talking about bread because you're going to see here in verses 30 and 31 that they're going to start talking about the manna that Moses brought in, when they were in the wilderness and asking, well, if Moses brought manna, what kind of bread are you going to give us? And, thankfully, Jesus, as patient as he is, with them and with us, is just, at this point, going to be so crystal clear that anyone listening cannot miss it, that he is the only way that they can be saved. Look with me in verse 30. So they said to him, Then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he 
who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Again, you see, they're still saying, Well, give us this bread. Give us this special bread from God. And so verse 35, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. So here Jesus, again, right? They say, well, Moses gave manna in the wilderness, and Jesus said it wasn't Moses that gave the bread. God's the one that gives the bread, and the bread that God gives is the one that he has sent, and they say, well, give us that bread. And so Jesus said, listen, I'm not talking about bread. I'm talking about me. Everyone that comes to me, he says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. And there we have the truth of this text. Point three, Jesus is the bread of life that brings eternal life to all whom believe in him. Jesus is the bread of life that brings eternal life to all whom believe in him. And how is it? And this is what we sang about many times earlier. It's what I spoke about during the introduction. How is it that he has brought us this eternal life? Because he is God, and he left heaven and came to earth, and he lived a sinless, perfect life, the only person to ever do that, but he still died a terrible, excruciating death while taking the wrath of God for sin. For all of our sins, he took those, it's, the scripture says he became our sin. He took the punishment for our sin. So now when we respond to him in faith, our sins are taken away. Right? Those of us that, that should receive death, he has paid that price, he has died in our place, so now we don't have to die, but we can live forever. And then he also proved that he is stronger than sin and death by coming back to life. Praise the Lord that these things are true. And so the gospel is what it is that we celebrate today. Jesus Christ is God who came in human flesh, lived a perfect life, died a perfect death, and was resurrected. And now he says to these people and to us, all who become to me will live forever. It's not about bread. It's not about all the other things that we often find ourselves living for. It's about Jesus. It's about being forgiven of your sins. It's about having eternal life. It's about serving him. It's about loving him. It's about praising him. And so this morning we're going to come and we're going to have communion just a little bit. Because we want, as we're reminded that Jesus is the bread of life, it gives us a very perfect picture of what we'll celebrate this morning, right? That he is the bread, not that literally the bread that we're eating this morning is Jesus, but he is the bread of life. His body was broken for us and that's what we celebrate when we have the Lord's Supper. But before we do that, I do want us to have a time of invitation and response this morning. Because I recognize that there may be some of you here this morning that have never understood the gospel in this way. You've never understood your sinfulness and your need for Christ. You've never responded in Him to faith, but this morning that He has called you to this point and that you, that you have faith in Him and that you want to make that public. And if you are here this morning in that boat, we want you to do that. We want you to, to let us know. We want you to publicly profess your faith in Christ so that you might... Enjoy taking of the Lord's Supper with us this morning for the first time ever. 
but I also know that we're called to do this correctly. And there may be some of us here this morning that are Christians that have been a Christian for a long time, but you have some sin in your life that you have been living in, that you have not repented of, that you have not confessed to the Lord, that you have not asked His forgiveness of. And this morning, I'm not saying that if, you, if there's, there's some sin that you overlooked and didn't mention last night that you're going to be condemned, but if there is sin that you are habitually living in and you know who you are and you know what I'm talking about, this morning, I want you to take time to confess that to the Lord and to ask of His forgiveness and to repent of that sin, to turn from that sin before we come to take of the Lord's Supper some of you may just want to spend some time praying and thanking the Lord for who He is and for making this available to us. But this morning we're going to have a time of invitation. I'm going to ask you if you would stand. And we're going to sing just a couple of verses to give you time. If you need to confess something, you can do that between you and the Lord. If you need to make public your faith, come and share with me and we'll share with everyone else. And we'll celebrate this morning. But if you this morning just want to spend some time reflecting on the Lord's death in your place, do that before we come and share the Lord's Supper together as Brother Shane leads us in a hymn of invitation.